Hey, I'm Don Amaro, and this is Through the Fire, a podcast about overcoming adversity, reframing misfortune, and celebrating courage. On this show, you're going to meet some really incredible people who have been through some heavy stuff, but they've come through the other side. And the hope is that you're encouraged and inspired by the words that you hear. My guest today is the drummer and co-founder of Juno award-winning band, The Sheepdogs, and also a cancer survivor. Sam Corbett joins me today on Through the Fire. Sam, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Don. I appreciate it big time. My first question off the top is, uh, you know, kind of reading into your story a little bit. Are you still touring with The Sheepdogs? Oh, yeah, for sure. We did okay. uh, like 90 shows last year. Right. And we just have a little bit of a, a break. We didn't have any shows for a couple months. Okay. Here, so, yeah, a bit of downtime, but short answer is yes. My Winnipeg buddy, Boy Golden, uh, Liam oh, yeah. was on the road with you guys for uh, for a good chunk of time last year, I think, right? Oh, yeah, he did almost all of those shows. Well, at least all of our Canadian and American shows he did. Right, uh, right. Yeah, love him, love the band. Everybody in that band is great, like Fontaine, Chris, Austin, uh, yeah, various yeah. drummers they had. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of good people. Yeah, they're great, great people and uh, great musicians too. So Right. And now you are a father of two little girls? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got uh, Lucy and Sally. Lucy is just turned four and Sally is almost two. Okay, yeah. I've got three kids. I always find a way to bring my kids into these conversations because yeah. they're a big part of our world, obviously. And I got three. I got an 11-year-old a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. Uh, so I know the the plight of musician and family and juggling all that stuff. It's crazy. It's tough for sure. I mean, like I said, you know, all these shows last year, and so it's a lot of time away from home. It's tough for right. me. It's tough for them. It's tough for my partner too. Um, but, you know, we're so we're still trying to figure out the best way to do it. But, right. uh, you know, and make it feel like I'm still connected to them day to day. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's it's tough for sure. Probably your four-year-old. Is there any sort of musical inklings already happening there? Well, she's like like writing songs all the time. <laughs> They're just very like a uh, stream of conscious. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, whatever she's looking at right now. And But there, you know, we have uh, a little drum kit we gave her for her third birthday that they both like to play on. Yeah. They like to kind of mess around on the piano. We have all kinds of instruments around here. We got like, you know, a little xylophone for them, some recorders, a bunch of percussion they can play on. You know, we just kind of want to like expose them to a lot of different instruments and of course, and, yeah. Uh, then they can choose whichever one they like. Yeah, it's funny because when you say that stream of consciousness, my seven-year-old is very much like that. She's constantly, you know, making up songs off the top of her head. And sometimes I'm like, that's pretty good. And then you're making notes for my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say Lucy's maybe not at the pretty good stage yet, but. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the process. Like part it. of the process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're here today because there's a, a lot of new new journey in your world. Uh, but, you know, this show being called Through the Fire, uh, obviously I want to get into some of that stuff. And, you know, being the the drummer with the Sheepdogs and somebody who's um, been very busy in that life, things really took a turn for the worse uh, for you about five years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was in 2018. My wife was pregnant with our first child, Lucy, about mm -hmm. four or five months pregnant. And yeah, I just felt like a strange lump. Uh, I went to get it checked out and it turns out it was testicular cancer. Mm. You know, when I first got the diagnosis, nobody was sure. The doctors weren't sure if it had spread to where and and how long I had had it. 
luckily I, I was pretty mm. lucky in in the hole like I, it had spread to my lymph node so i had to have surgery i had to have radiation treatment and uh you know luckily t- testicular cancer has a very high survival rate like five-year survival rate um having said that though it was still you know a very stressful time you know yeah. a lot going on mm-hmm. you know i don't necessarily want to use the word traumatic but it probably was to a certain degree you know it was it was a big a big change in my life my life had been you know i don't want to say totally carefree um to that point but i had not had to deal with anything uh nearly as serious as this before right and your your wife uh, you said she was pregnant with your first your first yeah. uh, child I'm just imagine when you say probably traumatic, I bet she would absolutely use the word traumatic. The first thought that popped in my mind is like, what if I'm not around for when uh, my my kid is born? Or, you know, what if I make it that far, but they I'm not around long enough for them to, rem- them to remember who I am, you know? Yeah. It was something that weighed very heavy on my mind, certainly. I, I can only imagine, you know, the, the strife and the, the stress of that. And uh, at the same time, knowing full well that part of the journey is trying to be less stressful and trying to find ways to, you know, clear your mind and and think happy and healthy thoughts as best you can. In the midst of that, were you trying to practice some of that stuff to kind of find your way mentally through those problems? I look back at that time, especially during my treatment, and I think I could have been doing a little bit better of a job of you know, tr- maybe trying to be mindful and not just like watching TV all day or going on mm. Twitter or something like that. Not right. that those things are bad in and of themselves, but you don't want to be doing it all day, obviously, especially if you're sick and, you know, can't work and that kind of thing. Mm. For me, it, it, it kind of led to a, a bit of a worse mind state. Uh, but certainly on the other side of it, after I was done my treatment and I was starting to feel better, I started to get a lot more into uh, mindfulness, meditation specifically, um, mm-hmm. just through a couple of different apps on my phone at first. But that's something that's become a definite part of my life. And I don't know that it would have been had I not had to, you know, had the experience of going through the treatment and stuff. There's something that happens for me when I go through these phases of like, when life just forces you to slow down, um, that mm-hmm. if, for me, it's felt like, Okay, I need to I need to slow down inside and outside. I'm imagining it was challenging because being a musician and touring and playing and uh, having to bow out of some tours. I think right if that that's what happened in that yeah, season, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that must have led to some really stressful times in your in, internally because you're you're wanting to get out and do that, but your body and your mind, everything's saying you can't. Totally. Well, like when I first got my diagnosis, I had to have surgery, like I said, and that was going to be, um, I think it was like 10 days or two weeks after when I first found out about it. You know, before then we had this mini tour in Europe we were supposed to do where we mm. flew out and played these two festivals and then played like a week of shows in um, in England. You know, but I was, I didn't want to let the band down certainly or anything like that. And so I, I wanted to still do that tour. And so we ended up um, figuring out a way that we could just, we flew out, flew to Europe from Canada, did two shows and then flew back on like the Sunday and I had my surgery on the Tuesday. Mm. Right. So I, I obviously like did not want to, you know, that's not how most people do it. I don't think. Right. Uh, and then later on we, you know, when I had to do my treatments, uh, I realized that I was going to have to miss a couple of sheepdogs tours unless I wanted to, you know, put do the treatment while after my daughter was born which i knew was a bad idea mm. um so i had these two sheepdogs tours and initially it was really really hard for me to bow out of those tours because i'm a founding member 
you know, we started the band almost 20 years ago now, and I'd never missed a show. And so it was, I don't know, it, it, it just felt really hard to um, not do my job, I guess. I, I think that's mm -hmm. something a lot of people who are diagnosed with cancer experience. I know that's something that the people at Movember talk about a lot, is that a, a lot of people, they feel like they're letting people down, I guess, maybe in a way that they can't do their work. Um, and I certainly felt that. In fact, I was going to do a US tour with the band and then back out of the Europe tour. Mm. And I was like, oh, I felt pretty good about that. You know, I'll, I'll still get my treatment in a reasonable time. And I started thinking about it. And I was just like, what the hell are you doing, man? Why aren't you getting the treatment as soon as you can? Like this would have delayed it by about a month. And, you know, maybe that wouldn't have changed anything at all, but it definitely could have. So I really had to take a long look in the mirror and realize that my health and, you know, being around and healthy for my daughters was the most important thing. And I really had to put my career on pause. But that was, that was hard. It's easier said than done. There's two things that come to mind as you're talking. Uh, first one is there's something in your disposition or in this healthy attitude of like, we'll figure it out. Where does that come from for you? Well, it's interesting you say that because I, I really don't think I was always that way. In fact, I know I wasn't. Mm. Uh, I, I definitely feel like I, when I was younger, um, you know, my teens, early 20s, maybe even late 20s, early 30s, I don't know. Uh, I, I felt like I just really got frustrated very easily and I had a very tough time hiding it uh, from those around me. You could probably ask my bandmates about that. Um, but... I don't know. And, you know, I definitely still feel like that sometimes and everybody does. I think this experience really gave me a lot of perspective uh, as far as like uh, what's really important. And, you know, mm. it, maybe it lent me a little bit of that kind of don't sweat the small stuff. Um, it, it definitely has changed the way I react to other stressors in my life. Um you know, like something with the band, if, if something's not going well, like uh, recording a song or something like that, it definitely has given me the ability to, you know, maybe not get as frustrated. And I don't even really think that that's a conscious decision uh, for me to do that. I just, it's something that happens subconsciously, but maybe it's just a part of growing older as well. You're also a father, which also teaches you immense amounts of patience and, and perseverance. I hate that I'm about to say this, but they're our greatest teachers, aren't they? You know, it, it's true. Yeah, I I definitely, you know, going into have, having kids, I definitely felt like I was ready. You know, we were in our, me and my partner were in our mid-30s, but it's just changed my whole life. And, you know, I, I can't imagine my life without them, right? I don't, I don't know what I would be like now, but you're right. I know that I would be less patient too. It's hard right. to separate the two things, uh, you know, in my life, like having kids and the cancer, because they, you know, happen at the same time. So, totally, uh, you know, it's probably a bit of both. I know also when you were kind of in the midst of that, you know, what I read about what uh, you went through in that season, because you couldn't play drums, you started picking up other instruments and decided to try to make a go at this uh, solo career path as well, uh, in, in tandem with Sheepdogs. Sure, yeah, well... You're right. I, I did try to, you know, being who I am, like I said, I had a tough time like putting my work aside. So after one of my first days of treatments, I was like, okay, I'm going to go play some drums. And I played for about 15 minutes and then I had to have a two hour nap. So <laughs> it kind of gives you an idea of um, the kind of toll the treatment takes on you. But what I found that I could do, because I really wanted to kind of maintain a connection to music during that time. So what I would do is I would start playing the piano 
And what I started doing was just kind of playing songs that I knew. And then that sort of morphed into me like writing some chord changes and, and melodies. I didn't have lyrics to them yet. So it just seemed like kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, interesting things that I was writing, I guess. And interesting enough to me, I I tried to write music before and I had written some songs, but never very seriously. Um, and then as we started touring again on the road, I, w- I would start writing lyrics to these songs. And I realized that a lot of the songs were about, you know, my treatment, the process of having cancer and becoming a father. Uh, those lyrics just kind of seemed to like, I don't know, naturally come out of me. Mm. And so that, that was be, you know, 2019, I guess, when I started writing the songs, 2018, 2019. Then we started like a really busy sheepdogs time period, right? So I just kind of set the songs aside and didn't really do anything with them. Uh, finally kind of got the courage to head into the studio and and you know, try to record them. And I didn't know if they were going to be released or not. I just, I thought it'd be nice to just record them and, and say I did that. And then the pandemic hit, right? So all of a sudden you can't really go into the studio anymore. So I recorded the these songs over 2020, 2021, uh, by the time I had finished them recording. And also it, it takes a long time to uh, turn your recordings into an actual physical vinyl. These days, that was one of the supply chain issues that was really affected musicians is the, totally. the backlog for vinyl is like yeah. six months, nine months, 12 months, I've heard sometimes. So it's crazy. Yeah. By the time I finished the album, realized I, I it was something I wanted to release, and then finally got it as a physical vinyl copy. All of a sudden, the Sheepdogs were really busy again. Mm. We have a little bit of downtime here, and I realized that this would be a good time to release my own music under it's it's not under my name it's under the name Nutana but uh, it is sort of my solo side project I'm still in the Sheepdogs like you said before I'm still touring with them I'm very happy to have that career and I love being in the Sheepdogs but uh, this is just something else that I want to explore and I'm, I'm really glad I did we're going to take a quick break more with Sam Corbett of the Sheepdogs in just a moment have you ever thought I'd love to have a podcast just like this one. Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Fatherhood uh battling cancer and then a pandemic kind of right around the corner of all that too just like this triple whammy of of hectic stuff good <laughs> on you for powering through and and uh and digging deep when you had to as as both a father and musician and somebody who's you know defeated cancer yeah i'm sure one thing you can appreciate as well is that one sort of silver lining to uh the pandemic for me anyway was that you know the sheepdogs we played like five shows maybe in 2020 and like 20 shows in 2021. So I, I was able to spend a lot more time right. at home with my girls, right? Like, uh, you know, right. at the time, Lucy was probably, was like kind of one, two, and Sally was just being born, right? So that mm-hmm. was a definite upside uh, for me personally to a time that was was really challenging for a lot of people. And it was challenging as well for us, certainly as a band, you know, like, like I said, we couldn't play any shows. And as most people know, you don't really make a lot of money from... Uh, album sales or streaming these days. So you really need to uh, play live to get some income happening. So it, it was, it was a challenge for sure. 
I often say too that the the pandemic was I can't really call it a blessing. It's got to be careful with the way I word this because, you know, nobody wanted the pandemic to happen, but for me, uh, it did allow me to be full-time dad for quite a while and uh it was a really beautiful gift of time to be with my family and I had invested so much time and effort into my career at that point in time that slowing down was it didn't affect me in the negative way that so many other musicians here in Canada and across the world were affected financially um I was able to kind of take that breather again I know that that's not a very common story yeah I think we were very lucky in that sense too we were sort of had finished our one album cycle and uh we were about to record a new album so in April 2020 we were supposed to fly to Portland and record a great opportunity to record with a guy there and obviously that didn't end up happening and that opportunity went away. So it wasn't like, uh, you know, we uh, were completely unaffected. We also were supposed to open up for the Black Keys on a tour in Canada, mm-hmm. which would have been really great. And again, that opportunity kind of never really presented itself again. Um, you know, so we did have things that we really were excited to do um, that we weren't able to do. But that's nothing compared to someone like an artist, like you said, who's just kind of becoming yeah. established and and just starting to get a little bit of momentum going. And then, you know, if they release their album on, you know, March 23rd, 2020 or something <laughs> like that, you know, can't tour support. Uh, yeah. It'd be pretty devastating. And it was for certainly for a lot of artists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the song You Belong, uh, your first single off the new the new project, um, what's that about? Well, like I said, a lot of the album is about my cancer treatment and becoming a father and stuff. This song is a little bit different. It's sort of about uh, the idea of like imposter syndrome. Uh, I think a lot of, well, I know that a lot of musicians I talk to or read about, and I think probably a lot of successful people in general, get kind of a sense that, you know, maybe they don't deserve their success, that they got lucky or, you know, we certainly got a very lucky break in the Sheepdogs in the Rolling Stone contest in, in 2011. So I think a lot of people feel like, you know, you know, maybe they don't deserve their success or they're not really doing what they're meant to be doing. And so this song is sort of about that, like, um, or I guess it's my statement to the contrary, um, you mm. know, it's sort of about myself, like feeling like, you know, I do belong to, uh, in uh, the music business and being a musician. And, you know, th- that's what it's about to me. I-, I tried to, with all the songs in the album, I tried to keep the lyrics like relatively vague. So if someone else had a different interpretation to those lyrics, I would, mm. I would love that. And I would love to hear about that. But that's what it's about to me. I'm really happy with how the song turned out. And I think it's a good representation of what I was trying to say and the style of music I would like to make. Hopefully it's not risky of me to say, but it felt like a deep Eagles cut to me. Hey, I love the Eagles. I know the Eagles get a really bad rap, uh, basically dating back to um, Big Lebowski, right? Because the the dude hates the Eagles, right? And I think after that, <laughs> I, love the I was like, yeah, I hate the Eagles, man. I Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, after the movie, though, I was like, yeah, I hate the Eagles, too. And I started listening <laughs> to, like, hearing some more of their songs on the radio. I was like, hmm, I think I actually kind of like the Eagles. And there's a great uh, documentary about them uh, a couple years ago that I watched I on saw Netflix. It. That's uh, yeah. After I watched that, yeah, after I watched that, I was like, these guys are awesome. They're amazing musicians and songwriters and singers, especially. And uh, I'm not ashamed to say that I love the Eagles. So I would take that comparison any day. Yeah, no, it's great, man. Really, really good stuff. What does the next uh, chapter look like for you from here? Uh, Well, I have the rest of the album is coming out on April 7th. Um, 
so it's a bunch of originals like i said a lot of it to do with my treatment and, and being a father it's got a couple of covers as well um i do a version of codine by buffy saint marie from her mm. debut album i had this idea to, to kind of do a i guess a country rock version of it and buffy is like a huge inspiration just her career and you know the success she's had is just you know mind-boggling right like she's mm -hmm. won an academy award and uh she's known all over the world and she's this amazing singer songwriter uh we've been actually lucky enough to play with her we actually played with her in winnipeg um at the forks one time and she was we met her and she was just very gracious and kind and mm -hmm. i don't know i just i just really think she's amazing so i i was very thrilled to be able to do this cover on, on the record oh, cool. as well. I, I know you did two covers, right? That's right. The other one is, uh, so, you know, the band Tame Impala. So this Australian uh, band is kind of more so this one guy, though. It's called Because I'm a Man. And it's kind of a him, like, it's like written to his girlfriend, basically explaining, like, I know I'm a screw up. I'm sorry. I can't help it. It's the way I am kind of thing. Mm. And I, I thought it'd be fun to do like this, a lot of the same lyrics, but from the woman's perspective. Mm. Uh, so it's called he's a man. And it, it, again, it has a bit of a country rock country funk type of vibe to it. Mm. So it, maybe it has a bit of a stand by your man type of sentiment to it. Hmm, interesting. And uh, I actually got my wife, Ashley to sing it as well, just because we really, really liked this, the original when it came out and it was like a really big song for us. So I thought it'd be cool to include a version of it with her singing on it. And she helped me uh, kind of rework the lyrics as well a bit. Cool. So uh, I, I also thought it'd be really cool to have something to show to our kids later. Like, hey, this is a song that uh, mom and dad worked on. Oh, that's so, so cool. It's something I really I wanted that. to be a part of the album as well. Well, I definitely want to take a listen to both of those tunes and, and kind of compare them. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I definitely, so much of the album is so personal for me that I think I needed to like include a, like some covers as like a bit of a breather or something mm. um, from me like pouring my heart out, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can appreciate that for sure. So Sam, also the Sheepdogs are up for a Juno this year, a big one with some big contenders in the category. How are you guys feeling about this? Well, you know, you never know. We're up against Nickelback, which is obviously a, a huge rock band. Uh, and they're also getting the Lifetime Achievement, Juno Lifetime Achievement Award at the Junos. So you never know. That could sway some voters as well. Uh, you know, it's a definitely a cliche, but it is an honor to be nominated. You know, I, I'm betting also after being through what you've been through, I think there's some not that you need validation from awards or anything like that. I, I think it's a nice pat on the back, but I think getting those is, uh, you know, my friend of mine always said, it's a nice shot in the arm. So I feel like after being through what you've been through, that's probably a nice shot in the arm. Yeah, one of the first things I did uh, after I did my treatment in, in 2018, we went to the Junos in 2019. That was one of my mm. first th uh, things back with the Sheepdogs and just being there, we were nominated again that year. Um, just being there was, it felt really good. And then of course the Junos 2020 were supposed to be in Saskatoon. Uh, we were supposed to like play at a function for that and present an award. They got canceled on the Thursday night due to COVID, of course. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah. this is our first time being back. So we're going to enjoy ourselves, I think. Well, I'm rooting for you, brother. Um, Sam, thanks so much for uh, sharing some of your story with us here on Through the Fire. You know, we uh, we're so grateful for for you, for the time that you're taking here, but also just the uh, 
the fight in you to, to, to do what you do um, and to have beaten cancer. I'm not going to mince words. I think, you know, obviously you've had help with, with many hands and doctors along the way, but um, truly I think a lot of the times mm -hmm. what we don't talk about when, when somebody gets through that is that I think it, there's a part of it that's the spirit of the person that, that ultimately gets through that. And uh, I, I appreciate you and your spirit fighting through that and, and being here with us today. Thanks, man. Thanks, Don. Yeah, I, I will add that, like, you know, it was a, a very challenging experience at the time, but looking back on it now, now that it's been about five years and I'm still cancer free, it's it's hard not to see it as a positive experience in a lot of ways, just for the mm. um, the growth I've been able to see in myself and the perspective, new perspective it gave me. So, yeah, with uh, testicular cancer and many other kinds of cancer, breast cancer, it's important to do self checkups. So I would definitely mm -hmm. encourage everyone listening to uh, to do that as well. Good reminder, Sam. Because I noticed the the lump myself, I just yeah. noticed it in the shower, and uh, you know, did something about it right away, which is is very mm. important as well. I think going out on those words is really important, man. And I really appreciate you so much for having me, man. Uh, it's really awesome to be able to chat with you here, and yeah, I, I appreciate the support and the, the kind words. Thanks so much, Don. Appreciate it. Please make sure to check out Sam's new album, Nutana, wherever you get your music. On our next episode, we're going to remember a good friend, my pal, Vince Fontaine, who you remember from Indian City and Eagle and Hawk. We'll be joined in conversation with his daughter, Gabrielle Fontaine, and his longtime bandmate, Jay Bodner. Please join us for the next one. As I always say, it takes a village to run things here at Through the Fire, and I want to thank my village, executive producer Sarah Burke, administrators Lori Brown and Alan Grayeyes, Video and audio design by Chris Godry and his team at 44 Films. Feisty creative for their design work. Social media support by Johnson Design Company. And last but far from least, I want to thank our technical producers, Matt Kundle and Evan Serminski from the Sound Off Media Company. I look forward to sharing more great conversations just like this one on the next Through the Fire. You see the Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.